This is Jeff Standridge, and this is the Innovation Junkies Podcast. If you want to drastically improve your business, learn proven growth strategies, and generate sustained results for your organization, you've come to the right place. Over the next half hour, we're going to be sharing specific strategies, tactics, and tips that you can use to grow your business, no matter the size, no matter the industry, and no matter the geography. Weekly, we'll bring in a top mover and shaker, someone who's done something unbelievable with his or her business, and we'll dig deep. We'll uncover specific strategies, tactics, and tools that they've used to help you achieve your business goals. Welcome to the Innovation Junkies Podcast. Hey guys, if you're looking to put your business on the fast track to achieving sustained strategic growth, this episode is sponsored by the team at Innovation Junkie. To learn more about our Growth DX, go to innovationjunkie.com backslash growth DX. Now let's get on with the show. Hey guys, Jeff Standard here and welcome to another bonus episode of the Innovation Junkies podcast. How we doing, Jeff? Man, I'm great to, great to be back. Ready to talk about some leadership. How about you? I'm ready to talk about some as well. Let's start today by talking about uh, leadership failures. What are some, or maybe some leadership lessons rather that you learned the hard way, maybe by failure or by struggling through uh, to get to a success? Well, I'll start with one. Maybe we'll just trade these back and forth. But one okay. would be a famous Ronald Reagan statement, which is trust but verify. Mm. And and the leadership lesson there for me was I'm very trusting. I, I, I always assume positive intent. I, I believe that people have the best intentions, but as a leader, you still have to verify. Occasionally you have to take a deep dive. You have to hold people accountable, not micromanage, but trust, but verify is a good leadership lesson. Trust people that make sure you're involved enough with what they do, that you understand that they're doing the right thing and that they're really uh, embodying the culture of integrity that you want within your organization. So trust, but verify would be one for me. And, and I assume that works with uh, with people, but it also works with assumptions and maybe with uh, with initial impressions that you may get uh, about a person or a thing or a situation or what have you. Absolutely. You know, first impressions are very important, but uh, but the ongoing impression and what you learn, sometimes first impression will get you into the cliche of not judging a book by their cover. Sometimes there's more context and more understanding there. So digging a little deeper is helpful. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I would say one that I have, uh, you, you actually brought forth a Ronald Reagan quote. I'll bring forth a Henry Kissinger quote, uh, interestingly. And, and uh, you gotta, I both, you gotta use his voice, though. Yeah, I don't know if I can do that. Yeah, I don't know if I can do that. But he, effectively, I boil it down to, well, let me just tell you the quote, and then I'll boil it down. He once said, competing pressures tempt one to believe that an issue deferred is a problem avoided when in reality it is a crisis invited. And so uh, I kind of boil that down to don't create a crisis by putting off the inevitable, whether that is a, uh, a personnel decision that needs to be made, whether that's killing a project that's been deeply invested into, uh, whether that's firing a client, uh, whatever it is, uh, competing pressures would tempt you to believe that if you just defer it, you're avoiding it when in reality you're inviting a crisis. So don't put off a crisis by, in, by avoiding or putting off the inevitable. Yeah. It's kind of like leaving cheese in the sun. It doesn't get better with age. It right? does not get better with age. That's exactly right. No doubt about it. We had a podcast guest who one time talked about it doesn't get better with age. It just gets smelly or something. Do you remember that? <laughs> That's right. That's I, mean, right. I, I need yeah. to go back and listen to that one because it was a good one. Well, What's another here's, one? 
here, here's another one too, for, for me anyway, it's, it's, and I think this is something that we don't really see enough of, and I won't get into the political scene, but most team failures that occur are a function of poor leadership. It's rarely about the team. Most teams, individual contributors have the best of intentions. When you see teams fail to perform, it's typically uh, one answer, and that's the person or the people that are leading. It's their failure. Yeah. Failure to train, failure to recruit, failure to pe have people in the right seats. That's one that I've personally experienced. I've been on all sides of that. I've done that myself. Wrong people, wrong seats. Uh, and, and I've also been on the other side of it where we've seen that regardless of the best efforts of the team, if you have poor leadership, you're probably not going to be successful. Yeah, no, I agree with you. That's that's right. You know, we always talk about leaders should uh, take the blame and share the credit, right? If a failure happens, the leader should step up and say, that's my fault. And uh, when there's credit to be had, that, that should be disseminated among team members. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, your team will, will run through fire and move mountains for you if you pass along the credit when things go well and take the blame when they don't. Yeah. What else you got? What have you seen? Well, I've got one that's uh, never hire anyone that you can't fire. And I've, I've kind of ex, uh, expanded that a little bit. Don't hire anyone you can't coach, discipline, or fire. And what I mean by that is, particularly in small companies, we want to hire our friends. We want to hire people that we're familiar with. We want to hire people that might even be uh, within the family circle. But the point at which we hire them and that employer-slash-employee relationship exists, the nature of the personal relationship will never be the same as it relates to work. And so uh, clarifying on the front end, when, you, when, you, when they are the right person for the job and you do need to bring them into the company, obviously separating the, the direct reporting from you to the degree possible is, is critical. Um, but having uh, clarity on the front end that you will step up to addressing any issues. You will, there will be times when difficult conversations have to be had. It's not personal. It's about business and, and establishing those on the front end. And if you can't get to that level of clarification on the front end, just don't do it. Don't do it. It will end badly. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I've got, I've got one more that I'll throw okay. out there and it, it's oftentimes not overlooked. And this is, you know, I've reflected back on the time that I spent in Naval Academy in the military and there was a guy that sang a song, oddly enough, as part of one of our events where he said, it's tough to be a follower in a leadership school. And the message was, in order to ultimately be a good leader, you have to understand how to be a good follower. Hmm. And it doesn't mean that you're supposed to be an automaton that's just an order taker. It just means that you're there in some ways to make that leader successful and make their job easier. And if you align yourself that way, you're really managing in both directions. You're managing up and you're helping that leader be more successful. You might not like their style. You might not like their approach. You can help them be better by being a good follower and figuring out how to use your strengths to maybe fill in for some of their weaknesses. So I wasn't always good at that. I'll tell you a lot of times being hard-headed and a little self-absorbed and ambitious I wasn't always a great follower. If I saw somebody that had some deficiencies as a leader, I viewed that as weakness and I'd figure out how to go around them or not really be helpful, circumvent them in some ways. And that's, that's a mistake I've personally made in my own, in my own career. Yeah, a great insight and certainly one I've made as well. And all you do there is you drive a wedge between you and that person and, and you exactly. begin to get a reputation for in, ends around, so to speak. Well, exactly. uh, you, you gave a third one there. I'm going to throw one more out as well. 
uh, and this is one that I've certainly uh, learned the hard way. Establish priorities based on the results that you, you must deliver and be willing to say no to anything else that gets in the way. So often as leaders, we try to we try to do everything and we try to just, it, it's, it's, a, it's a job in addition uh, or an exercise in addition versus an exercise in subtraction or division. And, and I would say that good leaders uh, are more focused on stopping doing things that aren't producing the results they need in favor of putting their energies toward the things that will, in fact, produce those results. And so establish priorities, yep, yep. establish priorities and be willing to say no to everything else. Yeah, it makes a, it makes a lot of sense. But and particularly when you're when you're somebody that's used to succeeding, it's so easy to say yes. It's difficult to say no. At times, if it doesn't fit, you have to be able to say no for sure. That's right. Good stuff. Thanks for joining me today, Jeff. Always glad to be here. All right. Thanks so much. This has been another bonus episode of the Innovation Junkies podcast. See you next time. Hey folks, this is Jeff Amrine. We want to thank you for tuning in. We sincerely appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the Innovation Junkies podcast, please do us a huge favor. Click the subscribe button right now and please leave us a review. It would mean the world to both of us. And don't forget to share us on social media.